Shut up and sit down. Hello, stranger, my old friend. It is damn good to see you again. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Quiet Part Loud podcast. If you're still with us after the hiatus that we've had, then uh, then I very much appreciate you. And I know that uh, that a lot of you are because I look at the numbers, even though I haven't had a chance to get onto the microphone in the last couple of weeks. Um, I've still been keeping an eye on the activity levels and all of that sort of thing and the engagement has still been pretty good so thanks for that um we're back today for episode 50 and we're back but we're still tight on time unfortunately and uh yeah i'm not sure how long today is going to be but i definitely wanted to get back on here and uh and come and see you guys again because it's been too long and uh you know, it's all about frequency. It's all about regularity. It's all about getting those reps in. So, um, yeah, uh, two weeks off, and that has not been all pleasure. Uh, let me tell you that for sure. Um, so I took a week off from my nine to five job, and my wife and I, with the dogs, uh, just basically explored the coast, uh, went on some driving tours, you know, and just kind of explored, found some pubs in the country and went down to the coast and, you know, walked along the beach and just kind of took in the sea air and the fresh, you know, the fresh kind of weather that we were having. And that was amazing. That was amazing. So we had six or seven days of that, um, kind of just playing tourists around, you know, different parts of the UK, went to Cambridge and, you know, did all of that. And we were over in Margate and we were in Dover and we're in Rye and Canterbury and, you know, all these different places. So that was lovely. Problem was it ran straight into a bank holiday weekend and I had a rental car. And I had to rush back in the morning to get that rental car back on time and immediately jump on a train to the office for a full day's work before departing for a company retreat in the north of England in Sheffield um, where we were going through some sort of intensive training course. And that was a very rigid, tight time frame, very rigid and tight schedule and needless to say when you get the company together drinks are involved in the evening and you know sore heads in the morning and probably not you know your your normal nutrition and and, and, you know the list goes on and on um but it really kind of the combination of going from such a relaxed state to such an intensive state really took its toll on my body because during the week off, I said I was going to take a week off the gym and I did. Um, and I haven't taken a con- I haven't taken a week off of the gym by choice in three years, um, which is probably a mistake um, and probably why I needed it so much and probably why my body just kicked into absolute overdrive in terms of letting me know all the problems and all the little uh, 
you know, niggly things that were going on in my body, they all came out. They all came out within 24 hours of me getting back from Sheffield. Held it all together during the business end of things, but when I got home, sat on my sofa, unpacked, and then took a big deep breath, it seemed like everything. I got pimples, I got fucking cold sores, I got everything going on. I got a sore knee, I got, you know, sore shoulder, sore back, you know, sleeping erratically, fucking you name it. Um... But the reason I tell you that is obviously to fill you in on where I've been over the past couple of weeks and why you haven't been getting episodes from me, but also to highlight the fact of how important routine is. And I don't mean like boring, mundane routines. I mean things that you do on a regular basis that make you feel as close to an optimum version of yourself as as is possible, right? So for me, that's eating right. For me, that's getting up early and exercising, starting the day right, high energy, getting my coffee in, you know, getting my thoughts together, having some downtime, uh, but basically, you know, kind of getting straight into it and getting on to my clients and getting on to, you know, what I do every day in terms of supporting the team that I work for, but also my own line and, 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 and responsibilities and remits. And when you remove that, you know, even something small like having to work out in a hotel gym that wasn't equipped the way I'm used to it being equipped um, and having multiple nights on, on uh, in a row where I was drinking alcohol where normally I wouldn't have any alcohol until maybe a Friday if I would even do that. Um, and then mix that all in with a lack of nutrition, you know, at these retreats, it's all carbs, right? It's all, which is counterproductive to actually what you want to be feeding people. You want to be feeding people protein and you want to be feeding them fat so they don't get hungry so they can pay attention for longer. But it's always the same and it's no fault to anybody. It's just the way the industry's built. They serve you shitty sandwiches with shitty fillings and you're just carved out the whole day and people start to slug off, you know, kind of slug out after lunch and, and, and they supplement that with all kinds of coffee and then the acidity in the coffee ruins their stomach. And I think I've just gotten a bit of that. Um, and I'm kind of recovering from a bit of that, but going back to the point, it's, it's super important to, to fill your life with, with things that have a positive impact on it. And, you know, I've been going down this road now for a few years of kind of optimi- optimizing my life and, and doing the most healthy choices where and when possible. Um, you know, all of the kind of excess stuff in very small moderate moderations um, and bringing that stuff in very, very sporadically. Um, it's just, it's so critical to how your brain and your body functions and how your emotions are regulated and how your mood is steadied and, you know, things like that. I got to the third or fourth day up there and I was just, you know, I was, it was kind of like a sadness. I just didn't feel right. You know, I knew my body was just like not enjoying the shit that I was putting into it. Um, And it was just telling me like, we need some energy here. We need some like, you know, we need, we need our routine, man. We know we need to go lift some fucking weights. We need to go do something. Um, but it really rang true how 
how important that stuff is now, especially when I'm, you know, getting a little bit, I'm not old, but I'm getting a little bit older, you know, I'm 36 now and, you know, the niggles creep in, the creakiness happens and the, you know, don't turn too quickly to the left because you'll blow your fucking knee out. Like things like that now are consideration, you know, like I don't eat dairy anymore because it, it fucks up my stomach and it's just like, you don't have to worry about that, you know. I didn't have to worry about that until six months ago. And then all of a sudden it just seems like bang, 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 bang. Oh, you're actually getting a little bit older now. So we're going to make that change on you and you need to either fucking adapt to it or suffer the consequences of it. And last week was a real, real indication of, <clears throat> of me ignoring my routine. And this week is, you know, or at least that, that weekend. And then the first part of this week has been, you know, a reminder to me from my body you know, a dear John note that says, you know, we're fucking checking out if you treat us like that and you got you better smarten up. So been back on the high protein, been back to the gym, been back up at 4.30 in the morning, getting, getting on it and getting fucking right back into the routine of it because I don't like feeling the way I felt. I don't like feeling like my brain wasn't firing. I could not. I, so I fully plan to do a podcast. I fully plan to grab a couple of hours to myself uh, when we were away on this treat and just sit in my room um, and record a podcast because I didn't want to take two weeks off, but I was firing like, like a dial up modem. I was trying to put sentences together and thoughts together and it was just like, you know, that kind of shit. And, uh, and, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because the quality that I would have put out then would have been so poor, um, and so lackluster and so underwhelming that it's just better that I didn't. Um, but it was a real eye opener and I, and I hope you guys are doing whatever you can out there to, uh, to really optimize your life because you don't want to be one of these people that just looks back on themselves, you know, when they're 50 or whatever, maybe even younger and they're, you know, they're overweight, they're out of shape, they're, you know, they have a hard time walking for any longer than 15 minutes um, at a normal pace, let alone an intensive pace, you know, you know, the, the, the medication starting to build up, it's harder for you to get up, it's harder for you to breathe, maybe you've got sleep apnea or something like that, you're starting to take medication every day, you got, you got to wake up so many times during the night because your bladder and your prostate aren't regulated, I'm fucking telling you, if you don't look after yourself now, and this is for the younger guys that are listening and the younger girls that may be listening, but it's also for the guys that are my age, mid thirties and the guys older, you need to start fucking looking after yourself because if you don't, you will die. It's as simple as that, right? And whilst I was on this retreat, I was, you know, in the few moments that I did have to myself, I would have a look on social media. I really had nothing to post, so I wasn't really active there either. Um, but I saw this thing that Cosmopolitan Magazine did that just made me sick and so pissed off. But again, I wasn't firing like I usually do, so I didn't write this big expose about it like I normally would have. But they had this uh, grotesquely obese woman on the cover of their magazine, Cosmopolitan Magazine, and promoting a healthy body image, a positive body image. And one of the main headlines on the cover next to this woman who was in a one-piece bikini, um, who was clearly, I would render a guess, 70 or 80, maybe even 90 pounds overweight. And one of the main headlines beside this person's image was, is being successful killing you? 
And I was just like, oh, so they've completely gone the whole entire way to pandering to uh, to this, you know, ultra progressive audience. And I was disgusted by it because anybody, this to me, from an editorial point of view, is the same thing as a doctor cutting the wrong fucking hand off. It's completely mal, it's basically malpractice, right? It's overprescribing medicine. It's malpractice for an editor who should fucking know better. And I'm not saying you have to be a dietary expert or a nutritionist or anything like that. But when you put a woman that's 70 to 80, maybe 90 pounds overweight on the cover of your magazine and try to push it off, like that's a positive representation of of health and well-being and mindfulness, you are lying to yourself, to your staff, to your readers, and most of all, anybody in that community that may be overweight, that's struggling to find a way out, and rather than actually putting in the effort, seeking out the guidance and the mentorship to get themselves better, you put this woman on the cover of a magazine pretending like it's okay. It is not okay. Now, if you want to be fat and eat yourself to death and you want to be overweight, not do anything about it, that is your fucking prerogative. You are welcome to it. If you want to eat cheeseburgers all day, chips and chocolate all day, drink soda all day, don't work out ever, sit around, get fat, get unhealthy, have trouble breathing, all the things that I said before. If you want to do that, that's your fucking prerogative. Just like it is if you want to smoke 60 cigarettes a day. That is your prerogative and nobody should and can tell you what to do. That's up to you. But do not, for a moment, pass this off as healthy. Do not pass this off as healthy. Do not pass this off as safe. Do not pass this off as positive body imagery because it's not and on the contrast of that I'm not saying therefore because I'm saying that that ultra skinny or you know jacked fucking physiques are the way forward either no 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 no. I'm not saying that I'm saying find the place that you're happy but if all of the afflictions that come with being grotesquely overweight are affecting you you are not happy with yourself you do not feel the best you can feel and therefore you don't have a positive body image it's very very simple but for cosmopolitan to put this on the cover of their magazine and say is success is is success killing you or is hard work killing you to them i say go fuck yourself and who else is it who's the group is it conde nast and anybody else at Connie Nass that buys into this bullshit, fuck you guys. Because you're doing a disservice to anybody that looks at that and says, you know what? I'm all right. I don't need to do anything. Because when that person has a fucking stroke at 36 years old, or better yet, dies of a massive fucking coronary at 40, of course you're not going to feel bad because you've sold your ads, you've sold whatever products you can associate with this positive, positive body image. You know, if Nike wants to release a new fat range or something like that that they did before, you know, like it's just complete irresponsibility. And from an editorial perspective, I think that's malpractice because if you love yourself and you love the way you are and you're fat and you're obese or, you know, whatever it may be, that's again, that's your choice. But don't tell me it's healthy. Because if you look at the heart 
of a healthy human and you look at the and you look at uh, the heart of a person who has died from hypertension, you'll see the difference. Just like if you look at the lungs of a smoker versus a non-smoker, you'll see the difference. Just like you'll, if you look at the liver of a drinker, an alcoholic versus a non-drinker, you will see the difference. You live your life how you want to, but do not tell me that certain behaviors are healthy because they just scientifically are not. And if you know that, which <clears throat> anybody fucking does these days, you know, it's pretty common knowledge. Anybody that knows that and then still goes ahead and promotes this stuff is in a position of malpractice. So I just wanted to bring that up, man, because I know how it felt when I was off uh, last week. And I, I think, you know, well, I know, in fact, a lot of it had to do with diet. You know, I came back, I was a bit bloated. I'd eaten, again, too many carbs. I drank too many carbs. I drank too many empty calories. And I know how I felt. I felt weaker. I felt deflated. I felt cognitively less able to string cohesive thoughts together in a way that I'm used to. I can't imagine like that. I can't imagine living like that every day. But I suppose if it becomes the norm, then you don't know the difference, right? That's the addict stuck inside the addiction, not being able to recognize the problem that they are entangled with. So I get it. But the worst thing that we can do is hold up a mirror to that person and say the person looking back at that in your reflection is all good. Because we're fucking lying. It's super important to have positive things in your life, positive routines, positive habits. And don't do it for anybody else. Do it for you. That's the only thing that matters. Make yourself happy. You know. Is hard work killing you? No. I mean, if your hard work consists of, you know, oh, you're the uh, you're a stockbroker, you're a fucking day trader or something like that. And you're living like a Wolf of Wall Street lifestyle. OK, yeah, hard work's going to fucking kill you. But good effort, good time management, you know, attention to detail, looking at what you eat, eating fresh, healthy, you know, sourced goodness, having a bit of a sweat three days a week movement, stretching, a bit of yoga, fuck man, whatever, read a book. All of these positive things are investments and contributions into the bank account that is your well-being and your longevity. And if you don't do them, nobody's going to do them for you because surprise, surprise, kids, nobody gives a fuck about you. Despite what you may think, you do not have a whole world waiting to see what your next move is going to be. This is on you. It's your responsibility to look after yourself. It's your responsibility to hold up your end of the bargain. You were given a beautiful life. You were given a beautiful body. Do something with it. And I'm passionate about this now because I fucking, I haven't felt what I felt last week in years. And I'm telling you what, man, I'm never going back. You can fuck off with all that. I've canceled all my drinks for the next month. 
bar two because I'm going to a sporting event to watch my friend box, but I'm still not getting drunk. I'm still not consuming these alcohol, um, these fucking pints of alcohol and, you know, eating this fucking shit takeaway food. I'm not doing that. We're back on track, baby. We've been gone for two weeks. One of those weeks was, you know, less beneficial than the other. Let's put it that way. Still got some good learnings out of the, out of the week and, and got some real good insights on, on some different things that I won't really talk about here. But I am never going back there, man. It reinforced my effort and my structure and my way of life so much more. It just really rammed home the fact that, you know what? I'm not going to be a preachy CrossFit cunt. I'm not going to be a preachy vegan asshole that doesn't know what they're fucking talking about. I'm just going to be here available. And if I hear somebody talking off path, maybe I'll bring them back to the path that they should be heading on or that they're trying to head on. But... People need to fucking know, man. People need to be checked. You know? I see these people walk around willy-nilly, right? And they walk past someone who's got a cigarette in their mouth. And they have no problem covering their face or over-embellishing a cough. Or, oh, God, making some sort of snidey fucking comment. When what they need to do is mind their own fucking business and hit a fucking treadmill or do some squats. Because it really is the pot calling the kettle black in a lot of these instances. And I'm not using cigarettes for any particular reason. I'm just saying it's socially acceptable for you to shit on somebody who smokes. But it's bullying and fat shaming if you walk up to somebody and tell them they got a weight issue. And I think those times need to be gone. Because we got a fucking epidemic on our hands. We got childhood obesity in the UK through the roof. And doing very little about it. But I'll tell you one of the things I did learn on my trip. I went and met with a football club, professional football club, on the foundation arm of that organization. The things that these teachers are doing and these mentors are doing within the educational community and within the community as a whole for kids and keeping them active, these people should be put on a fucking pedestal. The, the, the programs that they've got, not only for kids, but for women, for older folks, for older women, for it's, it's just amazing what they're doing for the community. And I'll tell you what, the media in this country, for all the fucking time they spend talking about football and the EPL and Chelsea and Man United and how much these football players are getting made, there should be a goddamn salary cap on what the fucking footballers can make because more of that cash that is drilled up by the organization needs to go into these foundations and support the community initiatives that they're doing because some of these things are absolutely incredible i mean some i mean i'm not going to go into it because it's you know it's confidential and and whatnot but it was just such an eye-opener i walked out of that meeting uh with such inspiration and you know we have an epidemic on our hands here and there are people out there trying to help, but they're, they're silent, right? You got the BBC doing a fucking smear campaign and the mainstream news in this country doing a smear campaign to try to get Jeremy Corbyn and Labour uh, defeated in the, um, in the election. And it's not working, by the way, FYI, because people can see through this bullshit now. And it's really coming, it's really coming full circle how the transparency of the media is like, you know, 
really becoming a, a, an apparent part of the whole fix, right? Like the BBC, they're supposed to be unbiased, right? They're not. They're controlled by whatever government is in power, and they always slant towards that government. And right now, we have a conservative government in power, so therefore, they try to discredit the labor leader and the labor party whenever they can. And they do it subtly sometimes, and they do it very overtly sometimes, but they're definitely doing it. And, and the recent thing now for Jeremy Corbyn is that he's some anti-Semite. And we've talked about this on the program before, right? We've talked about the fact, in fact, this is episode 50, and this is a fucking huge milestone for me because I never thought I'd get past five. But we're on episode 50 and I love you guys. And I want to, you know, one of the most listened episodes that we've had has uh, was number 48, I believe it was, which um, was entitled uh, Criticizing Israel is Not Anti-Semitic. A lot of you guys listen to that, appreciate it. And it's based on, a lot of that stuff was based on the shit that Jeremy Corbyn's going through and, and the kind of, from the backlash of the, you know, the, the leaders in the Jewish, like, lobbying community here. And it's just really pathetic, right? Because if you, you know, you are considered anti-Semitic if you go against anything to do with Israel. And now anti-Semitic, I got to check this out because I don't know the full details of it, but apparently now they are going by the anti-Semitic that is universally recognized. And I don't know what that, I don't know exactly what the details are of that. I'm going to find out and report back to you guys. But if it includes criticism of the Israeli government, you can suck my dick. You can eat my entire asshole out when it's filled with fucking cherries and whipped cream because... I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You can fill your whole mouth up with my nutsack. I'm not doing it. Because we've talked about this before. If you criticize a government that does not make you racist or anti the people or the culture or community within that country, right? I say I hate Donald Trump. That does not mean I'm anti-American, right? If I say, ah, oh, you know what? I hate Jacob Zuma. That does not make me anti-African. That does not make me racist against Africans, right? But yet, if you criticize the Israeli government, or on the, on the opposite end of that, if you support the Palestinian people, then you're anti-Semitic. Both of those reasons, you can fucking take to the bank, cash them in, I don't want to hear about it. They're worthless to me. I'll tell you to your face, go fuck yourself. I'm not having that. The Palestinian people are going through a fucking controlled genocide at the moment, and the Israeli government are nothing more than a fucking war machine. <coughs> and if that makes me an anti-Semite, then fuck you, I'll take it. No problem. I got no problem with Jewish people. I got no problem with people from Israel. I do have a problem with their government. I do have a problem with Benjamin Netanyahu. And I do have a problem with these fucking rabbis and these lobbyists in this country and in America that as soon as you say anything that has to do with Israel, you're considered an anti-Semite. They're doing themselves an injustice. This from the people who suffered the Holocaust, right? Know about isol isolationism and stereotyping people and pigeonhole people into a, you know, a cookie cutter type of box where you can label them and say, hey, that's the enemy. Remember how that shit worked out? Don't do that to other people. 
And worst of all, the fact that you recognize that, you know, some Israelis recognize the flaws in their government policies, you know, but a lot of them are very comfortable over there and they refuse to speak out. Do not try to have a smear campaign against a labor leader because he supported a Palestine a Palestinian initiative or criticize the president of Israel. Don't do that. That takes us down a dirty 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 rabbit hole. Don't do that. Let's have some sense about us. Mostly speaking to the media outlets here who don't have the balls to actually do some independent reporting in this country and speak on this as it needs to be spoken on. It really shows as an institution how weak you are and again makes me call for the folding of the TV license fee that goes directly to the BBC. We should not be responsible for keeping these fucking guys afloat. They, we owe them nothing. Oh, they're a legacy channel. Fuck you, pay me. I want this done as a subscription model. I want this to be done as either that or a straight advertising model. You can't have my money just because you say so anymore. That's where I'm at with things. They're not unbiased. They don't represent me. They're not a representation of, of how I feel or what my thinking is about the politics in this country. I watch the BBC almost every single day. And you've got people like Victoria Derbyshire on there talking about, is misogyny a hate crime? Get the fuck out of here. And who do they talk to? Three chicks who claim they've been sexually harassed for 20 years, who all look like they could have a scissor party together because a guy hasn't looked at them since 1980-fucking-7. What you don't hear in this argument is where all the models are at. Where are all the fucking lingerie models at? Where are they all, all the Instagram models at? Where are all the beautiful women at? Where, where, are you, where are you ladies at with all of this? Where are you at with the whole catcalling thing being considered a hate crime? Because I don't see any attractive women, I don't see any normal women coming out and complaining about this. It's always the ugly fucking rejects. And I'm sorry to be so fucking harsh, but I'm calling it as I see it. Because the absurdity of this argument deserves an absurd response. Okay? So, when I see somebody who's grotesquely obese, has a quote-unquote typical lesbian haircut, has teeth that looks like they've been smashed in with a baseball bat, crumbled on the floor, and then put back together by a blind person, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some questions for you. You really getting catcalled all the time, are you? Does it really happen to you five days a week? Are you really getting guys trying to look up your skirt? Are you really being stalked on social media? Are you really being harassed for sexual favors all the time? Are you? Because I know some girls that probably are. And you know what? They went on Instagram and turned it into a fucking business. Do I like it? No. Do I follow them? Do I follow any of them? Couple. But at least they're not sitting around bitching about it. Fucking do something, man. Take your destiny in your own hands and stop fucking complaining about everything. We have quickly, what seeming seems to be quite overnight, turned into a society of pussies, 
whingers, complainers, and people that are just looking to be a victim at any fucking stage of the day for any minute reason, please make me a victim. You can't be a victim. I'm more of a victim. You can't be suffering because I'm really suffering. Is misogyny a hate crime? There's fucking Muslims being massacred in Myanmar right now. They're having a rough time of it. There's a real human rights violation. There's a real fucking hate crime that's going on. What Israel's doing to the Palestinians, that's a real hate crime right now. Catcalling? Because... Let's be honest, who the fuck does that anyways? Because I'll tell you, I know exactly who does it. It's the rednecks and the fucking uneducated and the hillbilly types. The fucking lowlifes. The lowlifes that don't have the verbal capacity or the verbal economy to turn around or the confidence or the know-how to turn to a woman who's attractive and say, hey, how are you? Sorry to interrupt, but... You caught my eye. Would you perhaps be interested in grabbing a coffee with me at some point in time? Or maybe now, I don't know what you're doing, but I know it's a bit forward, but you know, I just had to come in and and say hello. Going like, wee baby. Has that ever worked? What's the, I wonder what the success rate is. I, I would, you know, I wish God was like crunching. If there's a God up there, I wish he was like crunching numbers and working all these algorithms out to say, hey, you know what? Catcalling has like a 3% success rate. You know, you're going to get three girls turn around and smile if you do it to a hundred of them. You know, playing the numbers, right? Playing the numbers. I heard a story once where a guy just basically took the approach of saying, hey, he would go up to a woman and say, do you fancy sleeping with me tonight? And that was his only game. And he got he got laid actually like quite a surprising uh, surprisingly high amount of times uh, on a quite um, regular basis I should say it had a, a surprisingly positive outcome for him. Now maybe he was a good looking guy I can't recall all the details but that was effectively his pickup line. He would say, "Hey, just want to cut through all the small talk and find out if you're interested in you know maybe sleeping together tonight." <laughs> you know, playing a numbers game, right? Is that sexual harassment? Because I don't think it is. Is catcalling sexual harassment? Yeah, it's more like an asshole move. It's all, it's 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 more of a, oh yeah, he's definitely a retard. Now where I have a problem with is restriction of movement, uh, name calling, you know, <laughs> like one of the women on, <laughs> well, I shouldn't be laughing. One of the women on, on the BBC thing that I watched this morning, she was like, oh, um, yeah, I was jogging through the park and a guy was jogging towards me. And as we passed each other, he said, Ooh, you look like you, you could, use, he said, Ooh, you look like you could use a massive cock in your ass. <laughs> what? I mean, I know how vulnerable females are, so I get it. And the, the running route that this woman was on didn't look the safest to be fair. So stick to the streets. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there are just some really ignorant assholes out there. So, like, part of me says, yeah, you know what, make it a crime because only fucking morons do that anyways. And, you know, let's let's have a bit of Darwinism maybe. Um, but the other side of me says, you know what, maybe we just need to all, like, fucking toughen up a little bit 
and handle our business a little bit and have a little bit more self-assurance, self-reliance and uh, and stand up for ourselves a little bit. You know, I was watching this program the other day and it was about this person who got abducted and they solved the crime by watching CCTV cameras. Um, and this girl, they tracked her and they watched her walking through a mall and they basically saw the last like 30 seconds of her life before she disappeared off camera and then she was ultimately abducted, uh, raped, and uh, stabbed and then dumped in the uh, dumped in the forest but they actually had the recording of her phone call and at the point of attack it was like she turned saw the victim and said oh god no oh and then that was it no scream no nothing no hardcore reaction just went away with him just let him put her in a car you know i'm just like fucking put up a fight Put up a fight. In all aspects of your life, put up a fight. Unless someone's trying to love you. And then let them love you, baby. Just let them love you. You know, but we gotta be we gotta be accountable to ourselves, man. We can't just be victims. Like the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah, right. Fuck that, man. Adaptation and survival. Get up. Be worth a goddamn. Don't be a moaner. Don't be a victim. Don't be someone who complains about it. Do something. Just pisses me off when I hear asinine things like, is misogyny a hate crime? No. Misogyny is misogyny. Misogyny is misogyny. It's an asshole thing to do. It's something that shouldn't be done. But it's something that can be stopped immediately by calling the person out when they do it. All right? If I'm like, hey, baby, nice tits. And I did that in front of people. And that girl then said, what the fuck did you just say to me, you fucking pervert? Or something along those lines. Who's the asshole in the situation? Who comes off worse? I do. Every time. Stand up for yourself, ladies. You're stronger than a lot of you think you are. It's about time we start standing up. It's about time we start standing up for ourselves and what we want and what makes us happy and what what excites us and makes us passionate. It's time to stop being a victim. It's time to stop calling blame on every little thing that happens. I had a conversation on social media a few um, a few weeks ago, which I just basically left. I haven't gone back to. But it was this asinine commentary about Alex Jones and his freedom of speech conversation. It's like just fundamentally missing the point. Just because you don't like what somebody says doesn't mean they should be removed and censored. That's not how it works. That's not what freedom of speech is. Freedom of speech is not based on your subjectivity of it. It is their right to say whatever the fuck you want unless it causes bodily harm towards another individual. And the repercussions of such actions should be taken accordingly to the fullest extent of the law. If I say, I don't like black people, that's one thing. If I say, I don't like black people and anybody listening to this feels the same way, should go out and fucking hurt one, then I should be taken to jail for it. It's a very, very clear delineation. Can it get muddy? Only if we make it that way. Only if we make it that way. Because anything in question goes to the courts. Right? Like the Alex Jones thing does with the Sandy Hook thing. 
you know, he said they're actors and they're child actors and it was faked and it was a false flag initiative and blah, 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 blah. And the court threw it out. Right? Because what was it? He was trying to have it thrown out um, and the judge sided with the family. It's like, no, fuck you. And that's it. Now, now we go down the Hulk Hogan and the uh, Gawker road, right? He's a media organization. He's a media outlet. He has defamed the family. They got a defamation of character suit on him. The judges said, yeah, this can go forward. And now they're going to sue the fucking shit out of him. And they're probably going to win because they probably should win because the things he said were fucking asinine. They were rude and they caused people to show up in the neighborhoods of the Sandy Hook parents and start asking them. Now, <clears throat> there was no violence that I've heard of, but there was, uh, there was harassment. And I think for harassment, the content that contains these directives and this information should be pulled. That should be pulled down as inappropriate and flagged as inappropriate. And then the courts must decide on compensation for the families. And if that happens to make Mr. Jones bankrupt and homeless, then so fucking be it. Because we live by our own standards. We live and die by our own words and our actions. And that's no different from me. And that's no different from him. And that's no different from Trump. It's called accountability. But you can't say, oh, misogyny is a hate crime just because you don't like it. No, it's not. It's not a fucking hate crime. It's rude. It's inappropriate. It's an asshole thing to do. It's not a fucking hate crime. Hang a black person by a rope because their skin's a different color than the majority of the population it's a hate crime. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, can we make these fucking delineations, please? You know, I think people are starting to come around. Slowly but surely, I think they're starting to come around. You know, I mean, the Trump, the whole Trump thing is becoming undeniable now, right? I mean, the latest recordings are with Bob Woodward, who already helped bring down one president... And it looks like he's well on his way to getting involved and really mixing it up in this whole fucking fiasco as well. Because, I mean, I mean, Trump is the dumbest motherfucker I've ever heard talk. Clearly one of them. He's like a Sling Blade motherfucker, really. You know, remember that Billy Bob Thornton movie, Sling Blade? What was the thing he said? Oh, I can't even fucking remember. Um... But he's like he's he, he's he's not he's not operating with all the circuits connected. I mean, just read the transcript of the call that they've released, where he's saying, "Oh, I didn't hear about it," and then he's like, "Oh, but Lin, you know, Woodward's like, well, I spoke to Lindsey Graham about it," and he's like, "Oh yeah, I did speak to Lindsey Graham about it briefly, but nobody called my office," and he's like, "Well, I spoke to Kellyanne Conway and I spoke to Raj, who are like two of your closest advisors." He's like, "Oh, they never told me." And Kellyanne's in the room and she got on the phone. She's like, yeah, I put it through the process, but, you know, it never got here. So what do you want me to do? You know, just complete lies, complete bullshit, complete backtracking and a fundamental understanding that they don't know what they're doing. Right. And more than that, they've got one thing to shout about. And that is they, that the economy is going up 
and that is mainly based on an an economic upcycle after a recession, also boosted additionally by the removal of um, uh, regulations and sanctions on um, on major industries that ultimately have a negative effect on the longevity of our planet and our environment and the wildlife therein and the health of the citizens of the country and you know how bad and dangerous the working environments can be. So for a bump up of 1.2% or 1% or whatever it is, he has put uh, deregulation in place that's going to have catastrophic multi-generational consequences. Fucking well done. So... Yeah, so I think I think we're turning a bit of a corner, actually. Um, I think people are starting to wake up to it because, you know, I mean, Trump's disapproval rating is something like fucking 60-odd percent. Um, you know, the poll that I saw the other day, not that I put much weight in polls, because they told us that Hillary would be the president at this fucking point in time. But, you know, not that I wanted her either, but... There you go. But there's a there's a thing out there that says uh, a poll out there that says 60% of all Americans disapprove of his behavior, of Trump's behavior. I'm like, really? Only that much? But then I remember, oh, yeah, um, half these motherfuckers think the earth is 4,000 years old. Half of them think that chocolate milk comes chocolate milk comes from a brown cow. And probably 20% of them think the earth is a fucking flat disc like a quarter. So, um, that's what you're dealing with, right? You got to, you got to, it's like taxes, man. Like, when you're at the upper earning level of the uh, of the pay scale, just take that number that you take home and throw it in, like split it in half, right? And that's what you're actually getting. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like that with the American population. There's like 320 million of them over there, but I think about 180 million are actually worth something. The rest could probably be fucking euthanized, and uh, and we wouldn't miss a goddamn genome in the bunch. Um, there's some real fucking winners over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, his trade war is not working categorically. That's not why the uplift in the economy is deregulation um, and, uh, and uh, an uptrend, an uptrend from from the recession. Um, you know, he's got caught lying. His fucking personal lawyers flipped on him. He's shitting all over his attorney general. He's um, he's got the White House lawyer uh, basically cooperating with the special investigators unit like you know they're investigating the trump organization they're investigating his son for the meeting at trump towers like i know we got to go through the due diligence of it and i know Mueller is gonna do the diligence on this but it's just like fuck man can we just get this guy gone already because i mean it's it's literally only a matter of time right i mean okay Hand on heart, I overshot my estimation. I thought he would be out in the first year. And, of course, that's a little optimistic because, you know, wheels don't turn that fast, right? Um, It's just amazing to me that throughout the vetting process, none of this shit came up. But, you know, his lawyer has admitted to campaign finance, um, uh, violations um you know trump's been basically caught on tape saying i don't know anything about the payments and i'm like oh yeah yeah yeah, i know i know about the payments but they didn't come from campaign finance money it's like come on man like really rudy giuliani's lawyer um he's putting his foot in his mouth every chance he gets like i just 
There's like a little bit of a conspiracy theorist in me that like says, I wonder if Trump's just doing this to fuck the Republican Party. But I think we've gone too far. Like when you're talking about jail time, right? I mean, he would be he would have to be the biggest patsy of all time to like Bill and Hillary, let's say, right? Because everybody thinks he's like a Russian, like Manchurian candidate, right? And I just, I thought to myself the other day, I said, what if, because if you remember back in the day, he um, he did a TV interview that said, yeah, if I run for, um, if I run for president, I'm going to run as a Republican because Republican voters are idiots, right? Something along those lines. That's not a quote. That's, you know, that's uh, paraphrased. Um, but he did go to Bill and Hillary's wedding, right? He was in attendance at their wedding. He has known these people. He has mixed in these circles. And wouldn't it be crazy to find out if this was all just a massive fucking hoax? Like this was all a big ploy to ruin the Republican Party because let's get this right. They are fucked if they lose these midterm elections. They are fucked because the signals are that the races the special elections that have happened have been way too close for comfort, right? If they lose the midterm elections, they lose the House. Then impeachment becomes a real opportunity, a real possibility. And it's just when Mueller's going to end his investigation and release his report. So, you know, we're waiting kind of on a season finale. And the season finale is going to be kind of like the midterm election results. And see how that works out. And then season two starts, boom, coming back off of that. And it's like, oh, what does he do now? Like, you know, is he going to get impeached? You know, it's, it's, it's a fucking soap opera. But it's hilarious because it's actually going on. It's actually real. But, yeah, I mean, it's been an absurd couple of weeks um, in terms of... <clears throat> In terms of the news that we've seen and, and the things that are happening, I mean, you know, the people in Japan now are, are, are in the midst of one of the worst storms we've ever seen on record ever. This typhoon is, is just ripping that country apart. I saw some footage earlier where it was blowing trucks over um, on a bridge and basically sliding them towards the edge and like just devastating things and taking huge like cruisers in the in the you know like um what do they call them like like you know the fleet ships right the big fucking industrial fleet shipping container ships and it's just tossing them around like a lego like it's insane it's insane but um yeah it's there's some there's some there's some pretty crazy shit going on at the moment like i touched on before you know the um the muslims are being eradicated in in myanmar <clears throat> and you know, everybody says, oh, Muslims, you know, Islam's the most dangerous religion. And, <clears throat> you know, I don't really argue with that because it's got, you know, it's got a lot of negative tendencies about it. It's got a lot of incitement points about it. And <clears throat> and, uh, and and I don't I don't put up much of an argument in terms of that. I think it's currently, you know, in, in our day and age, it's the most violent. That's for sure. It used to be the height of civilization, intelligence and scholarship. <clears throat> Pardon me. You know, but now it's been it's it's been reduced down to an interpretation for for the purpose of of violence of a you know by a minority that's having a transient effect on on the rest of the population, but it's still represented as a you know as a wholly negative entity. I go a little bit further than that. My my problem's not with with uh, with Islam. <clears throat> my problem's with religion and the things that it can get a man to do or a woman to do. 
You know, Christopher Hitchens said, uh, show me, uh, fuck, I'm going to butcher it as well. Um, basically said, you know, there's nothing you can get a good man to do that is easily accomplished with religion, right? It's like if you've got a holy good man and you want to see him go bad, introduce religion to him. And that will give him a manifesto to do terrible, horrific atrocities to others, to his fellow man. I, I butchered that, so I apologize, uh, Mr. Hitchens, on that. Um, but for those that say, oh, you know what, my religion, if I had to fucking pick a religion, it'd be Buddhism. Yeah, I get that in principle. I get it. But look what's happening. These are Buddhists that are murdering these people. These are Buddhists that are murdering uh, murdering Muslims. So in terms of religion, come one, come all, you all get shown the door. You know, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a terrible thing what's happening. And, and, and it can only be done in the name of religion, right? My God's different than yours. My God says I'm the best and you're the worst. You know, this prophecy or whatever the fuck, man. You know, same with the Israeli-Palestinian thing, right? They think they have a fucking God-given right to that land. Terrible things happen, you know, but it's been a crazy couple of weeks, man. It's been a crazy couple of weeks and I've seen some shit and, uh, and made some real real life affirming decisions. And, you know, it's taken us, you know, into midweek now. Got to finish the week strong. Um, but very, very much looking forward to this weekend's uh, UFC event. Um, and I was going to look at the card and do a breakdown. I'm not because I don't give a fuck about the card. All I care about right now is watching Darren Till whoop Tyron Woodley's ass. That's it. And hey, UFC. I know you want to give everybody a bit of shine on the fucking, you know, on the prime time embedded and shit like that. Can you get some coverage with Darren Till? He's got his own YouTube channel and the behind the scenes stuff on that is way better. So go check that stuff out. It's a little bit behind. He's not pumping it out as, as regularly as maybe would be good. But fucking way better. Way better. You know, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of this kid, man. And, and. You know, Saturday night's his his true, true coming out party. I think it's a true, true coming out party. Now, on the co-main event, apparently there's like a new champ in a women's division, like a 130, one, like a 125 or something. One, I think it's like 125 or something like that. Uh, I don't know. But they did one of those Ultimate Fighter shows for it. And the woman that won that basically automatically became the champion. Valentina Shevchenko's going down to fight her for the title. I mean, ugh, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. Um, but in terms of huh, yawning on the mic, so rude. Um, in terms of the Darren Till Woodley fight, I think you can actually still get some odds on a result on that um, if you were to bet. Um, if you were to bet Darren Till, you know. I, 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 you know, and a round specific finish. Um, and for me, I, I just don't see the fight going very long. You know, I don't think Darren Till is going to back up like Wonder Boy did. I don't think he's trying to have that kind of fight. I think he's going to try to take take the belt from Tyron. I don't think he's trying to make a decision out of this fight. 
Um, and I think he's going to KO him or TKO him in the like maybe the second round. Um, but that's literally, I'm so hyped on this kid right now. I just want him to fucking do well, get this one belt, turn it around, get a quick title defense, fuck up whoever he's going to have that title defense against, and then bounce up to 185. Um, and just put that whole division on notice that we're coming, you know, and go win that title next year and then go to 205 and go fuck those guys up too. Because I think that's the kind of potential this kid's got. And I've said it before and I said it a long time ago. Nobody hears you when you're talking the truth, right? Nobody hears you when you're talking prophetically. Nobody hears you when, when, you're, when you're like, oh, you got to check this thing out. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then that thing blows up or becomes a thing. And they're like, and I'm like, hey, fucking, do you remember when I told you about that? You know, not having a told you so moment, just like I tried to educate you. Of course, they don't remember. Of course they don't learn. But it doesn't matter, baby. It doesn't matter because they all learn. They all learn. When you get enough of these right, you become undeniable. You become undeniable. And that's what Darren Till is going to become on Saturday night. He's going to become undeniable. Put the face on the map. Put the UK on the map. This is not Bisbing. This is a different thing. Bisbing was great. This is the next level. This is the face of UK... And European MMA. And pretty soon, global MMA. Trust me. Trust me. If this kid stays healthy, he is going to be a marquee name globally. He's a very humble, very, very soft-spoken fella. He's 25 years old. He's a big kid. He can dress up, look the part. And he'll tell you to go fuck your mother if you fuck around. And get a smart lip. Which is what we want, baby. We want a fighter with a motherfucking fighter's attitude. Pandering to bullshit. Pretending to be something. Just be real. You're a fighter. You already picked the edge, you know, the the uh, the vocation of savages. You don't have to act like that all the time. And you don't have to be a fucking ignoramus like Colby Covington is. You know? You can do this thing right. And I think Darren Till has gone about it so far, so good. So I'm really looking forward to him kind of putting the cap on it for everybody. Um, I'm staying up for it. I'm fucking watching this one. I'm going to support the kid live, man, for sure. I want the numbers to come in. I want them to know in the UK that we're serious about this thing. And uh, and that we're going to put our support, not not just behind Connor and not just behind, uh, you know, Bisbing when he was fighting. But we're going to we're going to support this kid, man. He's 25. He's 25 and he's about to win his first title. This is the biggest thing for British MMA in a long, long time. Long time. You know? So we need to all support him. And if you're a fan of um, the UFC, fucking go to bed early. Set your alarm. Get your punk ass up. You can watch the prelims in the morning. Just get up and watch this guy live. BT Sport 2, I think, this uh, this weekend. But it's going to be about... It's going to be like a 3 a.m. start like it normally is. So the fight will be on around 5, 6, something like that. So check it out, man. Get your punk ass up. What are you going to do? Go to church on Sunday? Better keep your ass home, smoke a joint, watch the fights. You know what I'm saying? Get your ass up. Support this kid, man. Fucking do something. Hold yourself accountable. Get up. Right? And then you can take your fucking lazy ass to the gym and do a workout too. Support the boy. Darren Till, bringing it home. This weekend, UFC 228 against Tyron Woodley. 
Let's take the belt from this title-holding motherfucker. Yeah, he's a savage. Yeah, he's a decent champ. But this motherfucker does not want to see the new breed of fighters. And the new breed of fighters is led by Mr. Till. So let's fucking go. Get your ass up. Get your ass to the gym. Fucking go get a coffee. And you'll be right as rain. You can have a nap on Sunday afternoon. Just get up. If you're in the UK, get up and support this man. All right? That's it. I've said enough. We're done. That's episode 50, bitches. We're done. Episode 50. And I'm looking like we're going to be back on track. So I'm be bringing you at least one of these every week. All right? So lock up your girls. Get your fucking mind right. And let's get ready to get back into this, baby. We're coming for you now. We got 50 done. 50's in the bag. That was a weird way of saying it. 50's in the bag. 50's in the bag. 50's in the bag. We're going to 100. Okay? 50 more. We're halfway there. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. We haven't even scratched the surface. It's just been me. It's just been me talking to you guys. And I appreciate you listening. But for the next 50, we're going to blow this shit up. We're going to do better. We're going to do more. We're going to get more exciting. We're going to get more tech. We're going to get invested. All right? We're going to do a lot. Because even though we're late to the party on the podcast, we're still early to the game in the grand scheme of things. Right? We're first quarter in this motherfucker. We're we, we ain't even two minutes into the first quarter. We might as well just fucking flip the coin. But of course, we're not Joe Rogan. Of course, we're not, you know, some of these other massive shows out there. But bit by bit, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep bringing you content. We're going to keep speaking the truth, giving you our opinion. And being nothing but accountable. And holding others accountable. So that we can try to be the best version of ourselves that we can be in all aspects of life. Whilst still talking shit, having a great attitude about it, with our dick in our hands and partying so just love life man enjoy yourself love yourself love everybody else do good things focus be accountable and just keep coming back and checking us out all right this is episode 50 of the quiet part loud podcast i'm your host as always my name is daryl it's a pleasure to be back guys thanks for listening wherever you are in the world I'm sure I missed a whole bunch of shit out that I'm going to be like, ah, why didn't I talk about that? Why didn't I talk about that? But we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Because episode 51 is going to be coming right around the corner, all right? So support the man Darren Till. Hold yourself accountable. Get your fucking ass up. Go do a workout. Stop being a lazy bitch. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Show our boy from Liverpool some support. And until next time, guys, all the best.